Welcome to the Sex Talk Cafe bonus episode. Welcome to the five-day training, The Intimacy Keys, where I'll be sharing with you the five keys to deepening connection, enhancing pleasure, and accessing desire. I'm your host, Morgan Susan Taylor. Thank you for joining me. Here we are, but I'm going to go ahead and dive in with the material for today, day four of The Intimacy Keys where we are talking about obstacles to pleasure and what that is and what that means. And if you hear that word and you think that you don't have any obstacles or limitations to pleasure, well, let me tell you, you do. And I'm going to talk about what that looks like and maybe you'll be able to identify for yourself, like how you might actually be unconsciously limiting yourself from being able to really access the full range of pleasure that's really available to you. So, you know, a situation that I see and that I think many of us can relate to, um, you know, something I see in my practice and that you can probably relate to, are is that situation where like your partner, for example, thinks that he's doing everything for you, just trying to make you happy. But in your head, you're sitting there thinking like, well, it's always about him, or he's just being selfish, and all he ever wants is sex, right? Does that sound familiar? Or have you ever felt pressure to perform? And what I mean by that, like, have you ever felt pressure to have an orgasm? Um, have you ever felt pressure to, like, be a good lover or to make your partner happy or satisfied? Um, have you ever just had, like, pretended to be confident? All of these things are actually symptoms of really a deeper disconnect between our ability to actually access um, pleasure in our own bodies, directly through our own bodies. These are, this is kind of what it ends up looking like. And, you know, sadly what that leads to is a lot of frustration and a lot of disconnection and many times just a lot of confusion in the realm of sex. We end up with like two people that both think that they're giving the other person what they want where really nobody's getting what they want. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason why this happens. And really at a fundamental level, it's really because there's no clarity, there's no distinction over who it's actually happening for. So your partner might think that they're doing exactly what you know, they think you want, doing all this stuff because she liked it last time, or I think she likes this, or you know, my last girlfriend liked it, so I'm going to try it on this one. He's doing everything that he thinks you want. And meanwhile, you're just kind of maybe, maybe you're enjoying it. That That's great if you are. But, you know, maybe you're not. And maybe you're sitting there just tolerating this and thinking that, well, he's just doing what he wants. And you're just sort of allowing him to do what he wants. And what ends up happening is that you end up feeling really resentful, angry, frustrated, and confused. It's a confusing situation. Everyone, you know, he thought he was giving you, trying to make you happy, and you're sitting there trying to make him happy, but no one's happy, right? And so what's happening here is we're making assumptions rather than directly communicating. And this is also many times a, a result as blocked pathways to pleasure. Sometimes we're only able, if you're only able to get pleasure by, let's say, pleasing your partner, like if you're not really satisfied unless your partner is satisfied, that can be a big problem, and we'll talk about why that is in a minute. Um, if you can only get pleasure by um, seeing your partner in pleasure or, um, you know, using porn or fantasy because that's the only way that you get aroused. Not making anything inherently wrong with porn or fantasy, but when that's the only way that you can get aroused, that can become a problem. Um, sometimes there's also like an inability to know what you even want. Like you've totally lost access 
to what you even want. So what you end up doing instead is you default into giving or allowing your partner to do whatever they want. And a lot of times when that's happening, you know, if you're lucky, like maybe, maybe some of it feels really good, but probably more often than not, you're going to end up feeling resentful because you're just sort of giving what you're allowing them to do whatever they want. And you don't really have access to your own desire and what you're actually wanting. You don't have a way to give voice to that. So it can really lead to a lot of resentment. So I want to talk about this concept of direct versus indirect pleasure and what that is and what that means. So indirect pleasure, I was kind of touching on that a minute ago. When we get indirect pleasure, we get it indirectly by seeing someone else in pleasure. And so a great example of that would be like um, through watching porn, for example. We're getting turned on, we're getting aroused by watching um, somebody else have pleasure. Um, ultimately, in, when we're getting pleasure indirectly in that way, we're not actually, we're not getting the pleasure directly from our own body, right? So it's not, the pleasure's not coming in through the nerve endings necessarily, like in our genitals or in our hands, right? It's coming through the visual cortex by seeing something sexual, and we get aroused by that um, through indirect stimulation. Um, this could also include like fantasy, like going into the mind and um, going into sexual fantasy as a way to get aroused. So there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but the problem comes in when that becomes really like the only way that we can access pleasure. And I'll talk in a minute about why that can be such an issue. Direct pleasure, on the other hand, is exactly what it sounds like. It's when there's actually a direct connection between the nerve endings in the body and the pleasure center in the brain. So whether that's the nerve endings in the genitals, the hands, or really any part of the body, it's really an experience of pleasure that occurs from direct stimulation to the body. And, you know, the really great thing about this is also that you can actually cultivate a greater access to this pleasure. So, you know, even if you're someone right now who's very dependent on using fantasy or porn or, or you have really a, you know, indirect pleasure by watching your partner get turned on and if that's really, really how you get turned on and you're really dependent on that right now, the good news is that you can develop your capacity for direct pleasure and we do that by learning how to actually wake up the body, wake up the nerve endings um, in things like the hands and in the genitals. So we can actually cultivate and increase our capacity for more and more pleasure and uh, yeah, just more pleasure. Who doesn't want more pleasure? So let's talk a little bit here about why indirect pleasure can be such a problem if that's really the only way that you can access pleasure. This is a problem because if that's you, um, if you can't please your partner, then your own satisfaction is seriously limited and affected. Um, when you only get pleasure through watching your partner get turned on, for example, that puts a huge amount of pressure on the other person to satisfy you. And when that's happening, it can make your partner feel inadequate. Um, it can make them feel like they have to perform or like they have to produce a certain result in order to you know, make you sexually fulfilled or make you happy or in order to keep the relationship even. They feel a lot of pressure to have to be a certain way or respond a certain way so that you you know, so that you feel satisfied, um, which is really disconnecting them from their capacity as well to be able to experience their own pleasure. Um, it can also come off as being a little bit controlling. Um, there's also a really big problem when we get into this space of, I want you to want what 
I want so that I can enjoy myself. I can't enjoy what you're giving to me, the touch you're giving to me, unless you also are wanting it. So let's say one person sort of has a certain type of touch or maybe a kink that they really enjoy or they want to explore. Let's say the other partner is really willing to provide that for them, but that partner can't actually receive that gift because they're all tied up in this idea that that person has to also be wanting it, otherwise it's not a turn on for me, it's not satisfying for me. So, you know, this is just, it just creates a lot of enmeshment and a lot of problems because then nobody is really able to just receive pleasure, right? Um, you can't tell someone else's pleasure where to go. And that's a lot of times really what's happening in this dynamic of like, well, I can't enjoy it unless you're actually wanting it. So there's a really big difference between wanting something and being willing to provide something. And I'll talk about that here in a little bit really about what that difference is and why it's so important to have that distinction. So if you're only relying on indirect pleasure, you most likely have some blocks to feeling your own internal sense of desire. And that's really the ability to feel our own internal sense of desire and what we're wanting is that is actually what direct pleasure is, is our capacity to access our own desire and be able to ask for that and then allow ourselves just to receive that. Um, when we're blocked in this way, let's say like only relying on fantasy, um, that can lead us to just being like st in our heads all the time and really losing access to our body or only relying on porn as a way to get aroused. Um, that can really lead to a disconnect between, um, a disconnect to our direct pleasure that we actually, you know, I've seen this happen where people get really dependent on pornography and then they have a really, really, really hard time, if not an impossible time, actually getting aroused um, without the use of it. So we create associations um, in our bodies with the things that we use and the pathways that we create in our brains and in our bodies that lead us to pleasure and arousal. And those habits, um, those habits can sometimes actually really limit us and disconnect us from the full range of pleasure that's really available to us. So, you know, indirect pleasure is a wonderful thing where it becomes limiting and not so wonderful is when it's the only way that you have to access pleasure. So you're missing out on this entire other way to access pleasure through the body directly and just through sensation in the body. There's a whole range. So really what I'm offering to you today is just sort of an exploration on this and how to increase that range and how to actually increase your capacity um, to receive more pleasure directly through your very own body uh, without necessarily relying on the external stimuli such as porn or fantasy or seeing your partner get off. It doesn't mean that you can't still get turned on by you know, seeing your partner turned on, but it also means that you're going to have a lot more access, um, a lot more access to pleasure. You'll have more pathways to your own pleasure. Why is it hard to own our desire sometimes and what are these obstacles to pleasure? The obstacles to direct pleasure that we encounter a lot of the time, there's many of them. I'm just going to list a few of them for you here today. Um, things like guilt, actually feeling like we're being selfish if we are allowing ourselves just to receive. Um, 
when we don't know what we want or what we don't want, uh, we lose access. That's just sort of like not knowing what we want, right? Not having access to desire at all. That can be very overwhelming. And as a result, many times we end up just sort of avoiding the situation altogether. This is a big reason why some people just avoid sex altogether because it's so overwhelming to them. They don't know what they want. Um, afraid of being an inconvenience if we are really direct with what we're wanting. We're afraid we might be an inconvenience. And then this thing that I call conditional receiving. And conditional receiving is this feeling that we can't really fully relax into receiving because at the back of our mind somewhere, we're afraid that we're going to have to reciprocate or give back. We feel like we owe somebody. If we receive something from someone, we immediately feel like we have to give back or like we're going to owe them. And what that really does when we're in that place of like not being able to receive because then we're afraid we're going to have to give back or reciprocate, we're actually also tainting the giving. The giving also then is tainted. So even if something were an unconditional gift, if you're not able to actually fully receive that without condition and without this internal dialogue that you're then going to have to give back, um, you're actually tainting the giving and the giving is no longer really pure. So that's just, that's a, um, a concept that I talk about a lot in my work that I think is really interesting because we hear so much about unconditional giving, right? But nobody's really talking about the other side of that coin, which is unconditional receiving. The fear of being judged or rejected if you ask for what you really want, uh, that fear of being told no, that's another reason why maybe we don't really want to own our desire, or why we might be afraid even to really know what our desires are. We might even feel ashamed for wanting something in particular, so it's easier to just kind of not ask for it. Um, thinking, this is a common one, I see this one a lot actually, especially with my women, um, thinking that what we want is not enough or um, that we should want something more or something different than what we want. So instantly, if we're starting to negate the desire that we have because we think it's not enough or you know, our partners want us to want something different, we're instantly actually killing the desire right there dead in its tracks. We're actually shutting it down by judging it as not being enough or that fear that will be judged um, that it's not enough, or we should want something more. It's very, very freeing just to want what we want and to receive exactly what we want without this pressure to have to have it be something different or other than what it is. So when we have obstacles to our pleasure in this way, obstacles to our direct pleasure, what this ends up looking like is that we end up you know, hinting maybe at what we want instead of just really being direct and asking for it. Um, maybe we don't say anything at all, and then we just get mopey, moody, upset, frustrated, resentful, fill in the blank. Or we want our partners to want something that they don't want so that we feel safe to receive something that we actually want. Do you see how like complicated and like, wow, like we make this so complicated and like no wonder that we have challenges in sex. Like we've really complicated it. But there's a reason for that and I'm going to share with you like how to get out of these dynamics. Um, I'll give you a little tidbit today of how to get out of this if you're resonating with any of this. It's really common so please don't feel bad if you resonate with any of this. 
Um, we end up going along with things, hoping that eventually our partner will read our mind or figure it out on their own. So you're probably going to be waiting a really, really long time. And wouldn't it just be nicer to be able to be direct, ask for what you want, and, and hopefully be able to receive that? Um, this can also lead to like taking without asking, taking what you want without asking. And in its most extreme form, that would be called rape. Most of the time, that's not really how this pattern is playing out, but, you know, it very much can look like if you want something in particular, but you're too afraid to ask for it, you just end up doing it anyway, and then it really traumatizes or scares or upsets your partner. You know, now you have a whole other can of worms to deal with. So that's, that's not helpful either. Um, saying no when we mean yes or saying yes when we mean no. So that is really a classic symptom of really a disconnect from our own mind-body connection, really a disconnect from really what's happening internally in our genitals, in our emotions, and in our mind. Sometimes our mind is saying one thing, but like in this part of our body, in our heart, and our gut, we're actually feeling maybe panic or fear, but our mind is rationalizing it. That is a really big problem. So really learning what is a full willing yes and what is a, a definite no. What does that actually feel like in the body and learning how to really own that. So the solution to this problem is really, there's like five things here that we really have to start to learn how to do to unravel this situation, okay? Um, the very first thing is we have to learn how to access our own desire and our own capacity for wanting. So if you could ask for exactly what you want right now with no expectation or no pressure to want more or want less, you know, and maybe even without that fear of being told no, which, you know, just because we ask, we don't always get it, right? But learning how to ask is the first thing. Like, what might you ask for? Right? So, you know, maybe just wanting a shoulder massage, maybe just wanting lots of kissing and touching. Um, what would you ask for if that was just enough, if you could want exactly what you want? So that's really the first, one of the first steps. In addition to actually like on a very practical level, waking up the capacity in your body for direct pleasure. And the way that we do that is by waking up the nerve endings in the body. We can wake up the nerve endings in the hands. Uh, we can wake up the nerve endings in the genitals. And that's just a matter of actually engaging a regular practice where you are actually doing that intentionally. Um, in one sense, it's called a mindful erotic practice where we're actually working through our own um, autoarousal, through touching our own body, including the genitals, um, and actually learning to wake up our capacity to actually feel sensation in the body. There's another great activity called Waking Up the Hands, which is taught by Dr. Betty Martin in her work. Um, that's an awesome little daily activity to wake up the nerve endings in the hands. Okay, so actually engaging a practice where you are actively and consciously working with your sexual nervous system or just with your, um, your sensual nervous system and starting to wake up that connection between uh, the hands and the brain or the body and the brain or the genitals and the brain. Um, we also have to learn how to ask directly for what we want. So when we're not doing this, when we're not really owning our desire, fully really standing in and owning it and asking for what we want, here's what it looks like. Um, you can do whatever you want. Or you can touch me this way if you want. 
No, like let's get away from that. Why? Because really what's happening inside of that is you are displacing your desire onto somebody else. Because we do that for all those reasons I listed previously, because maybe we don't want to be selfish, we're afraid you know, that maybe what we want is shameful, we're afraid someone might tell us no. So instead of really managing that own uh, managing that anxiety within ourselves, we're taking our desire and putting it on someone else by saying, oh, you can do that if you want, right? So we need to get away from that kind of languaging when we're really talking here about, um, you know, overcoming these obstacles to our own direct pleasure. We have to start to really realize how and when we're doing that um, and why. If you're feeling bad for wanting something so it's easier for you to put it onto somebody else, um, you're limiting your own pleasure. You're limiting your ability to access that and your ability to receive what you actually want because you're putting it on someone else. What if they don't want to do that? Then you're not going to get it. You're definitely not going to get it, right? What we want to move towards is really the languaging of really stating in the words, like really owning. And this is not easy, y'all, but really just saying directly, like, I want this right now. I want you to touch me in this way right now. Touch me here in this way and do it like this right now. Like, that is really powerful. And not always such an easy thing to do. Um, but that's really how we start to own our desire and, and to um, really like open up these pathways to our direct pleasure. Um, some other ways to say it might be like, I'd like to receive XYZ or touch me like this, I'm really showing someone even how to touch you. Inside of this owning of our pleasure and talking really directly, asking directly for what we want once we've accessed what we want, is also learning how to get comfortable giving feedback. All right, so know how to give feedback. This is another reason actually why I see a lot of women actually shut down to sex because as women, like we're really designed to be receptive and to be vulnerable, right? Just the way our bodies are designed and our genitalia are designed. It's a receptive um, we have a yoni, we have a vagina, it's a receptive, it's a receptive organ, it receives, right, and as a result, in our bliss also as women is really in that surrender and in that receptivity is really where we become orgasmic. So a lot of times what I see though is when we don't have a voice, when women haven't really found how to, how to use their voice, right, to if something's not feeling good or even if sex is hurting, a lot of times if you don't know how to ask for something different, what it turns into is either shutting the whole thing down altogether, right, just shut it off, like get out, let's stop, we're not going any further, um, or just like total avoidance or eventually total avoidance, like just avoiding the situation altogether. Uh, this is a lot of what I see in my practice as I work with women and I work with couples and there's so much, um, there's so much loss around that. There's a lot of frustration and it's sad when really like this issue can be solved by that learning the skill of giving feedback and not tolerating touch that doesn't feel great, not tolerating sex that's hurting, being able to have the skill of giving feedback and being comfortable in that, um, in that giving of feedback and in asking for something different. So that's a skill I'm going to teach you in a minute here, a little um, activity that you can use to be able to develop that skill. But there's a couple more things here that we need to learn, we need to know in overcoming these obstacles to pleasure. And this other one is about knowing the difference between giving and receiving. Know the difference between giving and receiving. 
So really in that first example that I gave here today about, you know, the classic situation with the couple where, you know, he thinks he's doing everything to try to make her happy. He thinks he's giving her everything she wants that he thinks she wants. And she's there just sort of tolerating it, thinking that he's just doing whatever he wants because nobody's actually stopped to clarify who, what is, who wants what, what do you want? And who's actually giving? In that scenario, both people are actually giving. And as we know, that doesn't result in very much pleasure at all. It results in frustration. And it results in sexual shutdown. Um, you know, he feels rejected. She feels resentful. It's just, it's an ugly scenario that can actually, it can gracefully be resolved when we know how to separate the difference. When we can actually be in just the receiving role or just the giving role. Now, I don't have time to go into depth on this very much today, but this um, there are actually four dynamics of giving and receiving. Um, the work of Dr. Betty Martin, she has an amazing communication tool called the Wheel of Consent, which personally I found it to be some of the most powerful work. It's, it's truly changed my life personally, um, and it really, really provides just a lot of clarity over what's actually going on in a situation where we're giving and receiving touch, or we think we're giving and receiving touch, but where really that you no know, one's happy. Like, what is going on here? Um, and so, what is helpful here is that this, you know, the wheel of consent really breaks apart four different dynamics of giving and receiving. Um, so, there, we tend to think of it as one directional right, or bi-directional. So I have a gift and I'm going to give you this gift and you're going to receive the gift. So you receive the gift, right? So that's what we tend to think of as giving and receiving. That is a form of give. That is giving and receiving. Betty refers to that as serving and accepting. So if I have a gift and I'm giving you this gift, um, I'm serving and you're accepting, right? There's another dynamic, though, that's less really less access, but super powerful and so amazing. There's so much pleasure and bliss in the dynamic called taking and allowing. And taking is actually a form of receiving, but it's a very active form of receiving. And it very much is tied in with our capacity to access our own um, our own desire and the pleasure and like what our hands or what our bodies are actually desiring. We have to actually have access, have those pathways open, the pathways of direct pleasure. They have to be open in order for us to really be able to access um, this dynamic of taking our pleasure, right? Where I might, um, I might touch somebody in a way that feels good for me, like where I'm not worried about giving them a massage, but I'm actually moving my hands on their body in a way that just feels good for my hands. So it's called taking pleasure. And the opposite of that, the person who's allowing me the use of their body for me to rub my hands so that I can make my own hands feel good, they're in a, a mode of giving that's referred to as allowing. Betty Martin refers to that as allowing. So they're allowing me the use of their body for my pleasure. So what really helps here is understanding this is the fourth key that we need to learn, really clarifying who the touch is actually for. So Betty Martin refers to this as the, as the gift. Like it's a nice way to think about it. Like who is the gift actually for? That way when we can determine who is it actually for. Am I touching you for my own pleasure because it makes me feel good? It's for me, right? That's taking. Or am I actually trying to give you something that, uh, that I think you want, and if that's the case, then I probably should check in with you to make sure that's something that you're wanting, right? So who is the touch actually for? 
Um, so if you take like nothing else away from today, if you just remember that in any moment where something's happening that maybe you're not feeling so good about, right? Or maybe you are feeling good about it. You know, sometimes the gift is for both of us simultaneously. That's awesome. That's great. But, you know, in these situations where maybe you're feeling like it's all about him and he just takes and, you know, your partner's thinking like, well, I'm just trying to do what to, something to make you happy, what I think you'll like, stop for a minute and see like who, okay, wait a minute, you're doing this thing, but like who is it for, is it for me? Because that's not at all what I want or what I even like, right? So it gives us an opportunity to really clarify that. And I'll give you an example about this, that this comes up actually quite frequently in my, uh, my sex therapy practice and around the issue of oral sex. So in working with women, for example, who don't particularly enjoy, receive, in this case, receiving oral sex on themselves, but they're with a partner that really, really, really loves to give oral sex, a lot of times what we end up with is she will reject him a lot for oral sex because she's like, well, I don't like it. It doesn't turn me on. But for him, it's like something that he really loves to do. Like he loves to give oral sex. It really turns him on. Um, so we end up with a frustration where she's like, well, it doesn't turn me on. He's like, well, but it does turn me on. Um, this is really a way to actually separate these two things out. And the trick here is for the partner, in this case, the female partner, you know, a lot of times what ends up happening, either maybe she just totally rejects him entirely or she just goes along with it and feels pressure maybe to perform or orgasm because he, he's really after like trying to get her to orgasm, right? There's all this stuff going on. There really all this extra baggage that like just doesn't need to be there. One of the ways to pull this apart is to understand she, if she's so willing, can go into just allowing. She can offer the gift of her body for her partner and he can take his pleasure through oral sex. If she's willing just, you know, to be in that mode of just relaxation without any pressure to have to have any kind of reaction or response, um, if she's actually just willing to give that as a gift to her partner, and he's willing just to take and receive that gift, you know, without trying to give her something, trying to make her have an orgasm or make her feel pleasure, if he can just do the act, you know, and let his mouth feel good, let himself really enjoy that, that's a beautiful thing. And so, you know, inside of this clarification of clarifying who the touch is for and knowing the difference between giving and receiving, we have the benefit of this is that we have access just to so much more freedom. There's so much more spaciousness and inside of that spaciousness, there's room for actual joy and pleasure to actually happen because you have someone actually receiving and someone actually giving. It's not the scenario where both people are trying to give at the same time, which only leads to frustration. Now, there's another little nuanced thing that I would love to share with you here today is this idea of the difference between willing to do something and wanting. Right, I've mentioned this a couple times today, and this is also you know, just even this example here about the oral sex. There's a really big difference between willing and wanting, and I want to talk more about what that is. So it's an important thing to understand, and hopefully this will turn some light bulbs on for you as you hear this. Being willing to give something or willing to allow something, this is when you're giving the gift for the other person. This is when the gift is going in the direction of the other person. In any time that we're in a state of willingness, this is when it's like not something necessarily that's a turn on for us. It's maybe not a desire of my own. But what we're doing when we 
come into willingness is we're actually setting aside our own agenda for a few minutes, however long. We're setting aside our own agenda, setting aside our own desire in order to give a gift to our partner. All right, when we're in the, the key to this is that really like, are we really willing to give that gift with a full heart? Right, are we really a full yes to that willingness and to that giving? Because we don't want to fall into a state of tolerating or like, yeah, sure, fine, I guess. Like that, that's not willing. That would be called like tolerating. And you're only going to continue to disconnect yourself um, from pleasure when, when you do that. Um, and you're going to be violating yourself when you do that as well. That's never a good thing. So in, in understanding how this willing aspect works, we also have to learn how to know our own limits. All right? If someone asks us for something, to give them something that we're sort of like, a, uh, I don't know, but then we end up doing it anyways, we've just violated ourselves. Okay? So the key to this is really knowing our own limits and stating them. And if we're not a full heart and a full yes, then it's on us to be able to speak that, to use our voice, to have access to what's happening in our body. Am I really a yes? Am I a no? Or am I just a maybe? Like maybe there's something, this is all great, but this one little portion here just isn't quite working for me. I don't feel like I can give that with a full heart. I'm not really willing to give that. And that's fine, but we have to be able to state those limits and to use our voice to do that. Being in wanting is wanting to receive something or, or wanting to give something. But this is when the gift is actually for me. Like sometimes we'll give things because it gives our, us pleasure, right? That whole idea of indirect pleasure. Like, oh, I'm going to buy you that really cool outfit because it turns me on when you wear it. Like I like the way you look in it, but it's not something you really want, but you'll wear it for me, right? The gift is for me. Um, so this is really about having access to your own desire and what your body is wanting in the moment. What are you craving? What kind of touch are you craving? What is your desire? And this is really a body-based thing, really having access to those pathways of direct pleasure. We also have to have access to our voice to be able to give voice to what we actually want. Um, and I said this previously too, but this is highly tied in as well with the skill of giving feedback because if we're in a state of asking to receive something and someone's willing to give it, but then it's not really feeling so great, but like we don't want to hurt their feelings, so we don't say anything, we just kind of let it slide, that's an obstacle to your pleasure. That's a limit to your pleasure, all right? And these things are really subtle. They're, they're unconsciously and subconsciously operating in our lives, so the skill that I'm going to give you here in a minute, the little takeaway for you today, is going to help you really get in touch with the difference between wanting and willing and starting to develop um, the ability to use your voice to express your desire, to set your limits, and to come up against these limitations that we have, such as feeling bad or not wanting to hurt feelings or trying to be polite or being afraid of being rejected. You're going to experience all of that when you start to actually use this on an experiential level. We need that skill of giving feedback um, in receiving, right? Um, learning how to navigate this whole scenario. We need that. Um, otherwise, sometimes we can easily default into allowing them to do what they want, and then we're not actually in a receiving mode anymore. If we're just allowing the other person to do what they want because we're afraid to speak up, we've actually now just defaulted into a giving role unconsciously, and when we might not actually want to be in a giving role. And when that happens, again, like that can really lead to a buildup of resentment and frustration. 
All right, so this skill of receiving is a skill that can be learned. Um, and here's how I'm going to share with you today, like how you can actually experientially practice these skills. So there's this wonderful um, game or tool called the Bossy Massage. And the Bossy Massage is where you take turns massaging yourself and a partner for your set a timer for a short amount of time, maybe three to five minutes to start with. And you just get to want exactly what you want for three minutes. And you get to be super, super bossy. All right, so <clears throat> the first step here is you decide how long. You determine the area of the body that's going to be massaged. So um, I recommend that you start the game non-sexually, so not starting out with sexual touch. There's lots of reasons for that. Um, and that you really limit the body, the area of the body that you're touching for just for the beginning until you really get good at this skill of giving voice, asking for what you want, or giving what's wanted, setting limits, giving feedback. So just limiting that. So maybe just doing like the arm or maybe just the upper body, right? And really playing with this for a while. And as you get better, you can expand the areas that are allowed to be touched during the time frame. Um, you can increase the time frame too, eventually. Uh, eventually you can allow that to include sexual touch that can be on the table. But there's really good reasons why we don't go straight for sexual touch, as you can see, obviously, because we have so much more baggage around the sexual stuff, right? The uh, insecurity gets higher, this idea that we have to perform, like there's just a lot more going on that we need to kind of clear that up first. So yeah, it's like that we all need to go back to kindergarten, y'all. Like I know sometimes when I teach this game to clients, like they think like this is so basic, like what does this have to do? How is this gonna improve my sex life? You have to have an open mind. You have to understand that, yeah, it is basic because you know what? Most of us have not even been to kindergarten when it comes to these dynamics of touch, consent, and giving and receiving and accessing pleasure. None, we haven't even been to kindergarten. So yes, we have to start back at, at ground zero. And from this, we can become virtuosos, right? We have to start at the basics. The basic skills are what then open the doorways for us to be able to experience heightened states of ecstasy or, or even to be able to negotiate or arrange a really complicated um, sexual experience or scene if that's your kind of a thing. There's these fundamental skills that we need to have before we're just diving off the deep end and trying to create all kinds of stuff and then it ends up being a train wreck and you know, then like nobody's happy. So this might sound really fundamental, but it, it's a total game changer. So keep an open mind. So one person will ask to receive what they want, and they'll express any limits. If there's anything, they, any type of touch they don't want, uh, they would express that as well. And you want to use really direct statements like, I want this. Uh, we want to get away from, you can touch me this way if you want, right? That's, again, displacing our desire onto somebody else. This is about entirely about you getting to want, even if you just want like your pinky finger massaged for like three minutes. If that's what you're wanting, you get to have that experience of wanting just that, only that, and receiving nothing more, nothing less. This is very liberating, much more liberating than you realize. The other person then would feel in, and they will either agree, if they can be a full yes with a full heart, or if there's any part of that that they're maybe not so sure about, that would be a time to set a limit or to negotiate something a little bit different. So it's really about honoring and negotiating. So just because someone asks doesn't mean that you have to give that exact thing if you're not fully comfortable with it. So again, this really has to do with both people really feeling into themselves and really where are their limits um, in their willingness, um, and then where where are your desires, just as they are right now. 
during the massage, then you would set the timer. The giver is going to check in from time to time. Now, here's two really, really, really great ways to do that if you're in the giving role and love these. So they're super, like, just a really nice way to ask for feedback. So the first one is asking something like this. Is this what you had in mind? All right, is this what you had in mind? Is there anything, or is there anything I can add or adjust? Okay, so really opening and inviting that feedback from the person receiving the touch. My all-time favorite is this one. What would make this feel even better? So I love that one. It's so like gentle and non-confrontational and you know really could be used in so many different situations, right? And love that. So what would make this feel even better? The receiver then also, you you know, as the receiver, you're really responsible for yourself. You're responsible for your own pleasure. All of us are 100% responsible for our own pleasure. That's something I talk about a lot as well in my work. But the receiver, you are responsible for yourself. And if something's not feeling super great or if it's not exactly the way you want it, then you ask for adjustments. One of the ways to do that in a way that's usually more effective than, you know, what a lot of us tend to do is, we avoid it a lot of times because we don't want to hurt people's feelings or we're afraid that it's going to blow up and come come out the wrong way. So we just avoid it or we avoid touch altogether because we don't know how to adjust it. This is what you do. You find the thing that is working, that is feeling great, right? And you state that, wow, this part is feeling really good. And I want you to move your hand to the left a little bit and use more pressure right there on the side of my neck. So you always want to identify the thing that is working. You can always find something, like even in a terrible situation, right, or a terrible moment, there's always something you can notice. Like even if that's just like, wow, I'm really enjoying this warm sun on my skin right now, right, or this feels really fun, you know, doing this exercise with you. Could please move your hand to the left a little bit and add a little more pressure. Or I want you to move your hand a little bit and add more pressure. So it's really just about sort of acknowledging what is working and then giving the uh, request for, um, for the adjustment. So just to clarify, um, the skills that you're learning just with this little three-minute activity. And then, oh, by the way, you switch roles. I don't know if I said that yet, but you would switch roles. So you each get a chance to give and to receive. When you're in the accepting role, you're in the receiving role, the gift is for you, you're practicing using your voice to ask for exactly what you want. You're also practicing receiving exactly the touch that you want. You also get to practice this skill of giving feedback and asking for the adjustments so that you can get exactly the touch that you want. You also get to practice just wanting what you want. And you can start to notice in yourself, where do you start, like, maybe judging yourself? Like, maybe I'm not wanting enough. Or maybe, my, what if my partner's not enjoying this right now? Um, so it's really a tool for self-observation and personal growth. Um, and, you know, sometimes you might find that maybe you're afraid that um, you're supposed to want something more different. Like, again, this, this exercise will really highlight the upper limits that we've put on ourselves and our own pleasure without even realizing it. And you're developing the skill of receiving and the skill of desire through direct pleasure. When you're in the serving role, when the gift you're giving, the gift is for them, you get to practice giving the touch uh, that someone else wants for their pleasure. You also get to practice receiving feedback and adjusting to their requests. That actually is also a skill. 
you get to practice setting your own limits, what that's like if you have a limit, what that feels like in your body. You also get to practice saying no. If you're not fully willing, you get to really learn what a no or a maybe but. You get to learn what that feels like. And then if so, if you're not a full yes, you get to practice negotiating something different. Um, you get to practice what an enthusiastic yes feels like in your body. So you can see that being in either of these roles, you have a different set of skills that you're learning and a different aspect of pleasure that you are accessing through each of these uh, roles. So I encourage you to try this out and have some fun with it. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, I'll be back here with you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Hopefully there won't be any issues <laughs> with the Facebook live stream. Um, but we'll be here for the last and final day of the Intimacy Keys training where I'll be talking about um, the myth of low desire and why that's a myth and what to do about it. And I'll also be sharing with you a little um, tidbit about um, the Wake Up Woman online course, which is coming up in January at the very end of tomorrow. I'll be um, sharing just briefly with you about what that is. And, you know, if you're interested in learning more about that, I'll, I'll show you how to do that. So thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for joining me today for the Sex Talk Cafe. Please be sure to show your support by subscribing to this podcast series and sharing it with your community. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.